Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash comedy podcast network. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream. I don't know. I don't know that it was anything other than, than I was totally broke. I was a hundred percent. I speak with a rare few who make their living in the world of entertainment. It's an unwritten law. It's like a thieves' code of ethics. <laughs> uh, big thank you to Phil Ranta, CEO of Comedy Podcast Network. And, and they'll roll on by and be like, hey, you suck, man. <laughs> Wasn't that funny? Thanks to Diana Lawrence for the music and Tom Burns for the logo. Two random girls came up and said, hey, we're throwing a party tonight. Do you want to come and be the music at our party on the top of our apartment wherever it is email me living the dream podcast at gmail.com <laughs> it was kind of terrifying watching because well and the, the place check out facebook.com slash living the dream podcast check out back episodes at itunes all the living the dreams are really good yeah you know the the money is so darn good <laughs> this is episode number 42 street musician ryan westwood living the dream my name is rich and i have with me street performer street musician ryan westwood uh thank you for coming on the show yeah you bet so you let me tell you let me tell the listeners story of how we met uh i'm waiting on a train at the <coughs> chicago red line stop and i'm hearing this music that i'm like man that's pretty good and uh I was like, do you have a website? And you go, no, but I have a card. So then um, I said, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? And that's kind of how it went, which I thought was really awesome because I wasn't even supposed to be in that red line stop at that point. Uh, so you play music in public. Right. How does one get into that? Well, you just decide to do it <laughs> more, more than anything else. Um, in Chicago, you need a license. In a lot of different places, you need a license. But you pay the, you pay the little fee. Um, to get your license, and then you just go do it. But okay, which is great. But like, at what point at, in your life did you go? You know what I want to do? Oh yeah, <laughs> I want to. I got this guitar, and uh, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, go to like a concert. I want to. I want to be on the street with the people. Yeah, which I think is awesome. <laughs> I love in Chicago, New York, and London, and places like that. We can get amazing entertainment, literally, on the street. Right. Right. Is that where did you see a street musician and were inspired by that person? I don't know. I don't know that it was anything other than than I was totally broke. I was a hundred percent broke, living in living in the Quad Cities in Iowa, with yeah. the girl I was dating at a time and one of my buddies from college, and we had no food and no money, and I just decided to go downtown one night. I said, you know, I I think I'm good enough at guitar to go do this, so I'm gonna go see if this works, and it works. Wow. Uh, <laughs> How long had you been playing guitar before you started doing that? Uh, probably like three years. Okay. So nothing, nothing huge, but it was a, it was a pretty good chunk of time. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and the Quad Cities is not the, I've never uh, been, I'm, I'm familiar with what it is, but like it's, that doesn't strike me as a place that has a lot of street performers. No, there's, I'm the only one. <laughs> well, well, no, I did. I was down there, uh, like two months ago and I saw a saxophone player out. Oh. Yeah, on on the same corner. There's usually a guy that plays trombone for all of the River Bandits uh -huh. baseball games um, down there. But as far as, like, you know, hitting the corners for the bars and that, nobody's ever down there. It's just me. Well, I guess you got the monopoly on <laughs> yeah, the market. I, yes, yes. That's brilliant. Uh, <laughs> so at what point did you move to Chicago? Um, uh, Like last September. 
ish. Uh-huh. I've kind of been back and forth. I'm I'm an actor and uh, and a musician, uh-huh. and so I am all over the place, uh, kind of like gypsy style. Yeah. So yeah. So I got here last September, and then I've kind of been in and out since then. Wow. All right. So okay. When you were performing in Quad Cities, did you need a permit or did you just like show up with a guitar? I just showed up. Yeah. And did anyone give any flack or the like police officers or something? Yeah, it, it was. It's yes. It's yes and no in the Quad Cities. Um, the cops don't really care unless the people who own the businesses that you're playing in front of raise a ruckus. Yeah, and that and that happened one time. I was standing on one of the flower beds, and the owner was upset about it and didn't want to come and talk to me, so he just called the cops. And then for the rest of that summer, then they, you know, if they saw me, they'd be like, get off the street. But I never got ticketed or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, okay. I'm imagining Chicago cops might be a little tougher than that. Yeah, they're a little different. (laughs) I mean, just in my experience, Chicago cops, no offense if you're a cop, but tend to be a little more uptight. Right. Uh, Have you had any, like, run-ins? I haven't had any super run-ins. Um, because I because I had the permit. Um, yeah. When I first got here, I almost just hit the ground running. Uh-huh. Um, but I ended up talking to somebody, and they said that there's a five hundred dollar fine if you're playing on the street without a permit. Uh-huh. And so I went, I don't think I can handle that. Yeah. Um, so I got the permit, and there are several times where they've come up and they've checked my permit and they've checked my ID and made sure that everything's good. But I've never had them like kick me out of the, you know. Kicked me out of wherever I was playing. Yeah. So to get a permit, did do you just apply and pay some money, and that's yeah. You you just pay money. You it's to play on the streets in Chicago. It's a hundred dollars for a two year permit, and you get it from the city. Oh, that's not much at all. No, it's not. Um, and then to play in the subways, um, it's ten dollars for a year, and wow. you pay that to the CTA place, and you'll make that in like twenty minutes. So yeah, yeah. Now. I'm imagining now I don't know anything about that. I remember reading a story like in the like nineteen ninety nine about this guy who was like just homeless guy. He wasn't a performer or anything, but he would he like had a business. Like he had like a like a he rented a space and he his wife thought he had he went to work in a suit and then he'd go out the back dressed as a homeless guy and they said that he would made like eighty to a hundred thousand dollars a year just asking for money. Uh playing for money, one would logically think that you'd because you have a skill, you're making more than someone just begging. But I don't know. Like, do you have, uh, are you raking in the dough? Or are you scraping by? Or is it cool? Or it, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty good money. Um, really? Yeah. I well, and I'm still trying to still trying to figure out where to play and the times to play. It's a it's a fickle business. Yeah. But last September, when I first got here, I played out on Michigan Avenue like every day. For two months, and that's and that's all I did, and I barely scraped by doing that. It Interesting. Was okay. Awful, awful. It was like maybe like five dollars an hour. Really, really bad. Yeah. Um, but when I went down to the subways, things turned around like crazy, and now it's I usually play for like three hours, and I'll make fifty dollars in that. Wow. In that set, and that's kind of that's kind of the average. There are good days and there are bad days. Um, but you, that's <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the average. And you, you're your own boss, obviously. You're right. So you go out whenever you want. Well, I don't know. That's that's good and bad because I'm kind of a lazy guy. <laughs> so 
<laughs> as an actor, um, do you like as standard have an agent, all that kind of stuff, or I don't, I don't have an agent. Okay. That would be sweet, but I don't have one yet. All right, well, you know, of the like eight people that listen to this podcast, if one of you knows an agent, <laughs> yes. Ryan Westwood, he's got a good look. Just hire him. All right. Uh, do you like want? Okay, let's start with this. Where are your best places? Like what? train stops or whatever like tend to be like the most receptive um the well where i ran into you at chicago um chicago and state is a is a pretty good stop um i've only no yeah i've never ran into anybody else playing at the chicago stop so i kind of have a monopoly on that stop right now yeah which is super because then if if people only see you there then they start to recognize you, and if they didn't give you money the first time, then maybe they'll give you money the fourth or fifth time. Uh-huh. You know, if they if they see you keep on playing down there. Um, I've also played down at the Jackson Stop on the red and the blue line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, I feel like that will that would be good if I got it in like a rush hour period. But there's always somebody there, and there's always a line of people that uh-huh. are waiting to play. Oh wow! And so I've only ever gotten that from like you know like nine to eleven at night. Huh. nobody's down there. So is it like an unwritten rule between like if you're a subway performer that, hey, if someone's already performing here, don't be a dick and like go somewhere else? Or, yeah. 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 It's it's a, it's a first, it's an unwritten law. It's like a thieves code of ethics. <laughs> um, yeah. If somebody's there, then they have that spot until they want to leave. And so you can go up and talk to them and figure out when they're leaving or if anybody else is coming and kind of get on that unwritten list. Yeah. You know, for, for that day. Do you, have you ever been in a situation where you're playing and then all of a sudden someone just s- goes to your stop and starts doing what they do? Not in Chicago. Okay. Not in, not in the subways. Out on the street, I've had that plan on Michigan Avenue. Somebody will set up, you know, like 15 feet away from me and that kills your, you know, that'll kill my profit. That'll cut it right in half. And that's good and annoying. Yeah, um, but do you not, even play yeah, on the streets anymore? Now that I mean, since no. the subways you said are so much better. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I just, it's just not worth the hassle. I can imagine like the robot guy or you know something visual would play better on the streets, but yeah. it's like musically, it's hard to hear just because the sound disseminates, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and I didn't really for the I don't know for the longest time, really until I started playing on the subways. I was under the impression that nobody really listened to me when I was when I was playing. They yeah. just either walked by and they would stop and ask for a song or they would walk by or throw a dollar or, you know, people didn't really care. Yeah. Um, and that might have been the case out on the street because they couldn't really hear me um, in Chicago, but it's totally different in the subway. Yeah. And on the streets, I'm assuming, like, very rarely are people stopped. Like, if they stop, they're stopping to listen to you. Right. But on the subway... You can't go they're anywhere. Stuck. Yeah, they're stuck there the for like comes. 10 minutes, yeah. forced to listen to this music, whether they like it or not. So when people constantly <laughs> complain about, oh, the trains take forever, that you love that. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's well, and that's it's it's so annoying sometimes because like you can feel when you've got a good group of people. Yeah. Um, and the trains are always inconsistent. So, you know, if it took that train 15 minutes to get there, I would make a lot of money in that 15 minutes with a good group. But sometimes it'll roll up in like three minutes later. And, yeah. You know, so. Well, like when I heard you, um, it was, there was a ton of people waiting and the train that came was so crowded. And I was like, I wasn't in any rush to get home. So I was like, I'm just, 
I'm liking to listen to this guy, so I'm just going to chill yeah. and listen to another song because I just, I don't know if that happens often. Or... That happens, yeah, that happens a lot. Especially, oh, really? Yeah, at that like, rush hour time. Yeah. Um, a lot of people would just like hang out on the bench that I play next to. And I don't know if they're I don't know if they're hanging out because they want to listen to me more or whether they just don't want to cram on the train. Sure. But that happens all the time. And what it works for. Do you and you sell CDs when you do this, right? Yeah. yeah. Do you uh sell a lot of CDs? Uh you know, kind of. Um I the first the first week that I started playing down the subway because I've only been doing it for like three weeks in the subway now. Oh oh, you're brand new. Yeah. Oh yeah, great. To, yeah to the to the subway. I'm you heard totally him here first, new. folks. That's it. <laughs> Ryan West was about to blow up. Um, yeah, the the first week that I played, I didn't sell a single one. And the second week, I sold like eight. And you know, I sell them for five bucks a pop, and they only cost like a dollar to make. So that's a lot of profit to add on to add on to it if somebody buys it it's like getting a five dollar tip as opposed to a one dollar tip yeah absolutely yeah well um how did you record the cd um i was working at i was working at actress theater louisville down uh-huh. in down in kentucky and i was an intern and had access to all of their recording stuff and there was a sound design intern so i just got together with him and used their facilities and did it all for free and under the table it was brilliant perfect yeah and these are is your cd all original songs yeah wow um what inspired you to write music uh i don't know I, you know i when i i learned how to play the guitar backwards most people when they learn how to play it they'll start to learn how to play like a little riff yeah. or their favorite song you know their favorite cover well i just started writing songs and that's how I learned how to play the guitar. I would find a new chord or a new chord progression, and I would just write a new song there you go. to that. And so I don't, I don't really know what inspired me to do it. I think I've always been, I think I've always been writing songs ever since I was little. You know, just walking around the world singing about whatever I see. Yeah. You know, so I think it's just always been there. So as soon as I got a guitar in my hands, it just kind of happened. You were you were an artist that needed a tool, and yes. once you got that tool, you yes. just started. You went to work. Yeah, absolutely, very cool. Um, as far as uh, like your parents and your family and stuff, do does anyone give you a lot of flack for doing what you do? Uh, it's not so much flack as it is worry. Um, my my parents and my family is ultimately supportive of of all of my creative endeavors. Yeah. Um, but my dad in the last little while, it's just start to hit him how little money I'm actually going to make in this, in either the music or the acting business. Um, so it's mostly just, it's mostly just worry. You know, they're just yeah. worried that I'm not going to do all right, but you know, the money's, the money's good. It's paying the bills. Hey, whatever works. Right. Yeah. Uh, no health insurance, but none right. of us who do this have health insurance. Right. Um, do you, you have a specific goal that you want to attain? Like, do you, like, I want to get signed to a label or whatever? Uh, music is kind of a back burner for me. Um, I, play, I play music and I write it because I, I love it and because yeah. it's a wonderful creative outlet for me. But I don't have any, I really don't have any musical aspirations um, as far as as far as playing guitar goes, uh-huh. um, I just want to get I just want to get what I have written recorded, and whether that's in you know a fancy schmancy studio or in somebody's basement, I just want to record it so I don't forget it, and it's part of me and part of my history. But most of everything career wise um, is all I'm focused on acting. 
Okay. Yeah. So what's the goal there? You know, just standard movie, TV, film kind of actor. Yeah. Um, it's I, I mostly want to do stage work. Um, I like I like film, but I'm not I'm not huge on it. Um, and really, I just wanna I want to do good work with people that I love in a space that I love. Yeah. Um, and get paid enough and get paid enough to get by. You know, I don't I don't have any big you know Broadway Broadway dreams. Um, I just wanna, I just wanna do what I love and get paid. There, you, well, that's that's the, why this podcast exists. Yeah, to, to meet people <laughs> like that. Um, have you? So when you perform in the street, do um, I? I heard you playing what I assume was an original song. It had something to do with trains, I think. Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, that's funny. He wrote a song about trains, and he's at subway. And playing stop. on subway. <laughs> Symbolism. Yeah. And uh, do you, do you write songs like for the environment like that? Uh no. I usually, uh, I usually don't. Um, and and I I thought about that right after I started playing in the subway because I have that song about train rides all over the all yeah. over the country that I wrote, and it was just kind of like, oh yeah, I'm singing about trains, and I'm in the subway, and I made the it's same. So meta. Yeah, I made the same connection. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but that wasn't that wasn't planned by any means. Okay, it was just hap- happened to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you uh, play, do you get requests a lot for like covers? Yeah, it it, it depends. Um, I don't get a ton of requests um, here playing in the subways. I play or I played a lot out in Iowa City, uh-huh. um, where uh, University of Iowa is, and with all the college students rolling around, they'll come up and you know try and get me to play their favorite song or a song that's on the radio or something like that play lmfao yeah yeah you know sometimes i know them and sometimes i don't um i just i just recently started started really learning covers like learning like two three four covers a week playing down the subway yeah um yeah uh so sometimes i know them sometimes i don't or sometimes i can convince them into listening to a song that i do know how to play instead right yeah I don't know that song, but I have one that you'll right, yeah, that right, kind of and you know so, some people are really fickle about about what uh, what they want to hear, but I've found that if we can't come to terms on what song they want me to play, if I just start playing and singing, then they're okay with it. They're like, yeah. oh yeah, oh I like that song too, and they're okay with it. But yeah, but it's the negotiation business of trying to figure out what song to play that get wrapped up sometimes. Hilarious. Uh, okay, so you've mentioned Iowa City, you've mentioned Louisville, Quad Cities, and Chicago. Where all else have you been? That's pretty much it. Okay, yeah, yeah those are um, as well, far as like playing guitar. You know, I grew up in I grew up in Utah. I moved to Iowa when I was sixteen. Okay, so outside of Utah, those are those are the places. Yeah, um, what brought you to all those places? Uh, acting work more than anything else. Um, Acting gigs in Iowa City and acting gigs in uh, Amana, Iowa. I guess that's another one. I've done some stuff up in Amana. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then acting work in Chicago, and so like you get cast in a play or something, and you just go to that city. And, yeah. And that's where you set up shop until yep. you, until so, I get someone something else. <laughs> so if if in theory you got you know someone from Miami tomorrow said come down and do this show, you just go. Yeah. You that's. It's a very freeing lifestyle. It's awesome. You like yeah. a little like Jack Kerouac or I don't know, something esque like that. Yes, just like yes, kind of yes. Free. Uh, so then you just don't sign leases. You just like sublease where you go. Or yeah, um, I've been. It's been. A, I think it's been a year and a half since I've had since I've had a lease, and I've just been rolling around from job to job, town to town, um, and either sleeping on friends' couches 
or a lot of times when I go and do a job in a town, uh, the theater will provide some sort of housing for me. So I'll, yeah. so I'll stay there. But yeah, so I'm finally on, I'm finally on a sublet for like three months this summer in Chicago. And mm. it's kind of nice knowing that I'm going to be in this place <laughs> and it's my place and I know where everything is for like three months. That's kind of nice. That's right. How are you getting these? Jo- so you said you didn't have an agent, but you're getting these jobs in cities you don't live in. What what uh, what's the process that you go about finding this work? Um, well, it's kind of I've I've kind of just planted seeds in all these cities, um, and I got work originally by going there or going and auditioning for that theater in that space. Uh-huh. But I've done enough work with them now that they kind of know me and they kind of know what I like and they like me to come back. So every once in a while, I get a call from them. And from these theaters in Iowa or Louisville or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Uh, do, is there a, a city you haven't been to that you're like, oh, I really want to find a gig in this particular town? Um, I Portland, Portland, Oregon. Oh, okay. Yeah, perfect. Of I course. know. You're a musician. Well, I know. It, it's how it is. I'm. Yeah, and I'm, the name of this podcast is "Living the Stereotype." I love it. <laughs> yes, it's perfect. Um, yeah, when I was down in Louisville, I I ran into four four people that I hung out with all the time that were all from Portland ah. and they had nothing but amazing things to say about the city. And so, so yeah, I'd really like to get out to Portland. I'm actually God willing. I'm going to be out there for like a month this September oh, nice. doing, uh, doing a midsummer night's dream with a bunch of buddies in the middle of a forest. It's going to be awesome. Very cool. Um, but I don't know if it's gonna, I don't know if it's going to work out yet. Uh, we're still trying to find the people, but hopefully that will take me out there. When you do these productions, have you ever? Be, I assume you know most people. As soon as they get to know you, they find out you're a musician. Have you ever been asked like, "Hey, could you write a song to you know play over this part of the play or you know something like that?" No, I haven't. I haven't composed anything uh, for shows yet. I've played guitar in several shows and uh-huh. and harmonica too, um, but I haven't been asked to compose anything though. No. Yeah. What uh, are those the ins- the only instruments you play? Or are you like a jack of all trades? No, just yeah, guitar and harmonica. All right, cool. What uh, if you had an ideal, like, uh, if you had like a, I want to play this role in this play, regardless of of the age or whatever. What would it be? The stage manager in our town. Perfect. Yeah, right. I've always, always, always wanted to play that role, and someday, someday it'll happen. Yeah, but yeah, you be a little older. Yeah, definitely a little so older. That's a, it's a perfect goal to have. Yeah, you know? yeah. Twenty years because you're a young kid. Yeah, that's awesome. That's. All right, cool. I want to be Willie Loman one day. So oh, know, we, we God, both have goals yeah. that are so oh, far ahead of our Willie ages. Willie Loman. Oh, yeah. Uh, God, there's um, so many aspects to your life that I find fascinating. So, like, when you're playing uh, guitar for people on the subway, does anyone ever like, or is anyone like mean to you or rude or like, hey, get a real job or, sure. or something like that? Yeah, it's. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's mostly like college age, like. 20 21 year old white males that like roll on by and you know have money in mom and dad's back pocket and yeah. they'll roll on by and be like hey you suck man <laughs> wasn't that funny um but that's did you ever was it ever like a problem to take it personal at the beginning or did you have I, tough skin right away no i had pretty tough skin right away like yeah. they're just they're just being douchebags you know just you know just let just them be douchebags yeah and they're gonna be whether i say anything about it or not and i'm pretty i'm a pretty passive person so I just kind of, I just kind of let it fly. What am I going to do? I have a guitar in my hand and forty dollars in my case. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> right. What about the opposite? Have you ever had people like come to you and go, "Oh man, uh, 
come play at my wedding or or something like that. Yeah, yeah. All really? The, yeah, all the time. No, um, wow, okay. Well, not really all the time, but, you know, a handful of times a year. Yeah. Um, what's, last... what's, like, the strangest gig you've ever been, like, solicited for? Uh, the strangest gig. The strangest gig would be to play at, at somebody's wedding. Um, I was in Iowa City, and a guy stopped and wanted me to come play at his wedding, but it was like it was like a year and a half down the road. Uh-huh. So he was like, well, I want to get hold of you to play this wedding, but it's like a year and a half down the road, and I don't know when the date is yet, but I'd really like you to play. <laughs> so I said, here's my card, and then I just, you know, under my breath, I said, I'm never going to see that guy again. That's not... That's not going to work out. Yeah. He never did. So, yeah, he never he never called. <laughs> um, but, yeah, other than that, there were uh, – last year I was on Michigan Avenue, and two two random girls came up and said, hey, we're throwing a party tonight. Do you want to come and be the music at our party on the top of our apartment, wherever it is? And I said, well, sure. You know, give me, like, 50 bucks, and I'll totally come out. And so, they did it? Yeah. So they, they paid me, like, 40 bucks, and there was, like, I don't know, eight or nine people on the top of this apartment on, like, the north side. <laughs> and I went and did this, and I totally went and did this gig. I was like, this is brilliant. Okay. Now, forgive me if this is wholly incorrect, but I'm just imagining you, like, just showing up to this party, and there's just, like, blow everywhere. <laughs> and there's yes. just, like... Like chicks making out in the corner, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm playing the music for it you was, guys." It was kind of terrifying walking <laughs> because, well, and the the place, the lobby of the place is very slick. It was very sleek, yeah. and you know, just real, real classy. Um, and I, you know, I had all of those things rolling around in my head, like, "What is this party <laughs> gonna look like?" Is it going to be like a bunch of drunk people falling over or is it going to be like the wine crowd that's like going to listen and clap, you know, softly after my songs? Or is there going to be cocaine rolling around everywhere? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you survived. So. Yeah, but I survived. And it was it was just it was really nice. They all I think I think they were all college kids going to Loyola or something like that. And we just hung out and played guitar. That'll work. Yeah. Do uh, do girls ever come to you and like give you their number and this, like, hey, I like I like I like your sound. Call me. Not really. No. Not really. One one came up and left me her card with like a two dollar tip. Uh-huh. But I had talked to her about like open mics, and she was like, give me a call sometime. But I think it was about like going to an open mic night. Yeah. I didn't get I didn't get the impression uh, that she that she wanted anything else. So I don't know. I guess the stereotype is, you know, like you've got a guitar and you're playing. Like a lot of guys will come by and be like, "Hey, I bet you get a lot of chicks with that." Yeah. But like the reality of it is that there's no time for that interaction. Like they just like come by and they're like, "Oh yeah, a guy playing guitar." But you're like, "Ah, I want to make ten more dollars this hour, so I'm gonna keep on playing." You know? Yeah. Right. I guess if I guess if that was my goal, was to go and play guitar on the street and pick up a chick. It could probably happen. Yeah. But it's just not. It's not, yeah. It's not what I'm out there for. <laughs> just, I'm, just, I'm just working, man. Yeah, totally. Just, just calm down, everyone. Totally. I'm just working. Do you, you don't have a website or anything, right. but like there's some street performers that like that's their thing. You know, like I don't know if you know, but there's like the singing cab driver. And there's like, um, there was this band I saw in London on the tube and they were like these two guys and they had this big poster behind them and this big to do and all this like emotional material and stuff. And, you know, I mean, some, you can obviously take it as seriously or as, you know, and then I've seen two guys just like singing acapella with nothing, not even a hat or anything. Yeah. Uh, How, 
are, are you happy with where you're at right now? Do you want to expand? Do you want to like make this like a thing? Um, or more I'm, of a thing, I should say. Yeah, you know the the money is so darn good <laughs> that it just. I, I hate to, I, you know, I hate to sound like I'm in it for the money, but I am. It pays my bills. I mean, that's um, why we all work, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I guess you know, I was talking to, I was talking to one of the robot men last summer out oh. on the street, <laughs> and uh, and he said, he said the things that are gonna get you more money is to be bigger and louder. The bigger and louder that you are, the more people that uh-huh. you're gonna run into. So I've thought about you know getting one of the amps that a lot of people have that you can carry around and are battery powered and that. Um, but I'm I'm pretty happy with this. I I like how low key it is. Yeah. I like that it's not a big to do. Like I've got to pack up all this stuff to go. You know, I just grab my guitar and I head downtown for a couple hours. Yeah. On average week, how many days do you go down there? Um, probably like five. That would oh, okay. be that'd be an average. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly the rush hour kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's at least at the at the Chicago stop. That's the only time that there's ever enough people down there to really make it worth it. It's yeah. from like four to. Four to seven thirty. All right, so let's let's put let's do this hypothetical world. N- n- for whatever reason, no longer can make money on acting or or music. Uh, you have to get like a quote unquote civilian job. If you you're forced to, what would you do? I would be a baker at some bread place. All right, any place. There it you doesn't go. it doesn't matter. Um, I learned how to bake. I learned how to bake bread when I was in Louisville. Again, super super broke. Yeah. Um, but we lived, we were, we were apprentices. There were 22 of us for this theater. And nine of us lived on top of this apartment building. Well, not on top, but on the, on the top floor. And they would also house actors that came in to do their shows on the lower levels there. Yeah. So they would come in and they would buy their flour and salt and everything. Um, and then when they left, they would just send it up to the, to the ninth floor where we lived because they knew that we were broke. So I'd run out of money and run out of food. And I was surrounded by like... 50 pounds of flour and oil and salt and somebody had brought some yeast to like make rolls or something and I'd, <laughs> I had watched my mom make bread you know ever since I was growing up and I thought well I could do this I could yeah. totally do this so I started making bread and I lived off you know bread and jam for like two months <laughs> um, but at the same time I really fell in love with baking bread it's really really a, a lovely hobby that I have Interesting. so if I had to have a civilian job I would love to get up in the morning and work at a bakery and learn how to do like cool yeah. Cool baking stuff. That'd be sweet. Do you have a, a song about bread? No. No, I don't yet. Oh, man. I hope I just inspired you. <laughs> I know. I know. That's half an idea, though. Uh, is Do you have anything online people can see? Like, do you have YouTube videos or any kind of uh, links or something like that? Yeah. There's there's YouTube videos that other people have put up. I haven't put up anything. Oh, yeah. Um, there's and you just like come across them. Yeah. I've just, I've just ran in. I've just ran into them. Um, or, uh, I have one. I have one song up on SoundCloud, but uh-huh. I, I haven't done anything with it in a long time, and I'm not even sure how SoundCloud works. Oh. I just remember being all excited about it and being, "Oh yeah, I should put something up there." So I have one song up there, but yeah, it's mostly just the album and on the street. What uh, What do you want to plug? Uh, obviously, um, if you're in the subways and you see Ryan Westwood. Give him a dollar. Request yeah. a song. <laughs> yes. Um, Come to the Chicago stop between four and seven any day almost. And I'll be there. Give me a dollar. There you go. And you've got a play um, that you said you're doing. You're going to do Midsummer Night's Dream. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm doing a couple things. I guess the only Chicago thing that I could plug is the Christmas schooner at the Mercury Theater okay. um, down on Southport. Uh, they do it every year. 
and uh, and I'm going to be in that. I just got the offer a couple of days ago. Nice. I did it last year, and they called me back and um, said we'd like to have you again. So that'll be from like Thanksgiving to New Year's, and it's a super great story about German immigrants who uh, brought Christmas trees into Chicago and over the lake uh, in the middle of middle of November. They fought all the you know the freezing weather and that. So wow, yeah. So if you're looking for a Christmas show, come and see the Christmas Schooner. Perfect. All right. Uh, Ryan Westwood, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Living the dream. Big thank you to Phil Ranta, CEO of ComedyPodcastNetwork.com. Original artwork by Tom Burns. The music by Diana Lawrence. Emails livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com or facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast. Take a minute to rate the show on iTunes. Leave a comment. That is your birthday gift to me. I really appreciate it. Uh, next week, I talk to CBS movie critic Michael Walters, a.k.a. the Cantankerous Critic. It's going to be a lot of fun. Really appreciate you listening. My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream. like to play this song near the end of the day. Look back on all the things that made me the man that I never would have dreamed. It reminds me of who I am Why I'm playing here today When lose live or die All I'm really doing is trying to say If you love love And if you sing, sing And if you dance, dance But don't forget to call me And if you love love and if I sing, I sing And if I dance, dance But don't forget to call me Yeah, yeah I said, don't forget, don't forget Don't forget, yeah, to call me me to take a step back and watch the play-by-play.